Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you've got a thirst for knowledge that never quits, Brightside Podcasts are just what you need. Whether you're into recent discoveries, space exploration, true stories, or useful tips for self-improvement, psychology, gadgets, or just your day-to-day routine, there's something for everyone. You know, there was a time when the great southern landmass wasn't just covered in ice glaciers and penguins. It was filled with forests, flowers, and all sorts of animal species. It even had a completely different climate. So how did we end up here? Let's take a brief trip in time and find out what happened. Around 550 to 180 million years ago, Antarctica was part of a supercontinent called Gondwana. It was connected to South America, Australia, Africa, the Arabian Peninsula, and the Indian subcontinent. The breakup started in the Jurassic period. They just couldn't get along. Around 180 million years ago, Antarctica began moving to the bottom of the globe. According to fossil records found below the ice caps, the icy continent was once a very hot place. In fact, it got so warm that the climate became tropical, like the one we see today around the equator. About a half mile below the seabed at Wilkesland in eastern Antarctica, scientists have made a great discovery. They found fossils containing pollen from plants that only flourish in the tropical environments we see today. They also found the same pollen going back millions of years close to the Arctic Circle. But I'll get into those in a bit. Now, we all know that tropical vegetation can't stand cold weather. So, it's believed that the eastern part of Antarctica didn't have frosty winters. The average winter temperatures were similar to the ones in South America. As it turns out, this is a repeating pattern. Everyone previously thought that Antarctica reached high temperatures for the first time just before the Eocene period, approximately 56 million years ago. But after research, paleontologists found more fossilized plants that go all the way back to the Devonian period, somewhere around 419 to 358 million years ago. Now, eh, what's a couple of million here or there? Now, around 100 million years back, the Earth went through a massive long-lasting heat wave scientifically known as the Paleocene-Eocene Thermal Maximum. During that time, the global average temperature increased that resulted in changes to vegetation. Antarctica was filled with all sorts of trees, plants, and flowers. Even palm trees made an appearance, alongside relatives of today's tropical baobab trees. The climate of the continent became flexible. During the Eocene period, Antarctica supported a variety of ecosystems. At high elevations and further inland, several plants present in the temperate rainforests were found. One of them was the southern beech. Fossils that were found on the continent preserved the biology and chemistry of the flora. That helped researchers understand how some of the plants survived the mass extinction while others didn't. However, vegetation wasn't the only thing spreading all around the icy continent. On Seymour Island, which is around the tip of the Graham land on the Antarctic Peninsula, Scientists discovered brood balls, a unique structure that dung beetles lay their eggs in. 
That means these little guys had to be feeding on something. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Later, scientists found remains and isolated teeth, showing that several mammals lived in the area. A few of them all belonged to the same type of ancient marsupials, like the modern Colocolo opossum. It was a tiny insect feeder native to South America. Another type of marsupial found was the bibibiba, also pronounced an arctodolops. It was the first recorded fossil, discovered in 1984. Some described it as a critter resembling an opossum. Um, for those of you keeping score, a critter is a close relative of the varmint. Then, a toe bone was found, making scientists believe that a group of mammals called Xenarthra also lived in the continent. This family included the sloths we have today. These guys first evolved in South America, but so did the descendants of a hoofed mammal found in Antarctica called Nocholophos. These creatures fed on tiny tree branches and saplings. Scientists discovered their diet by analyzing the animal's teeth, which were relatively small in size. When they investigated the fossils further, they found that there were two types of Nocholophos the Nocheolophos arquenotiensis and the Nocheolophos rigeroi. Hope you were paying attention, that's the last time I'm saying those Latin names. Sheesh! The first one weighed a little less than 510 pounds, maybe 508, while the other one was only 130 pounds. Because of their size difference, it's believed that both mammals could be specialists. That means they fed on different types of plants to avoid competing for food. Another hoofed creature that entered West Antarctica from South America during the early Eocene period was the Antarctodon. It belonged to an unusual group of now extinct mammals. It lived in what we now know as Seymour Island. Only fossilized teeth of these guys were found. But somewhat complete skeletons of other mammals in this family show that they resembled tapers. Some of these species also had sharp canine teeth. They were able to feed on both nuts and soft plants. It's speculated that a few of them could be semi-aquatic, like otters and beavers. But the fossil record in Antarctica is troubling. It isn't as complete as those in other continents. Some of the bones found are either fragmented or isolated. The good thing is, the yet-to-be-discovered fossils might be well-preserved under the ice glaciers. The existence of these creatures during the Eocene period shows that Antarctica was a great habitat for land mammals. So how did the tropical greenery become a frozen, unwelcoming environment? Real estate prices? Scientists are still trying to understand the time scale of when things changed. Since those animals coexisted, changes began happening slowly. They believe that approximately 56 million years ago, South America began separating itself. 16 million years later, Australia and Antarctica began drifting apart in the sea. Between 36 to 23 million years back, another natural channel emerged, the Drake Passage. That also proves that the continental drift happened gradually. Antarctica was a land bridge between Australia and South America. As it broke apart from South America and later from Australia, 
it started moving south. That made room for a new force to emerge in the Southern Ocean called the Antarctic Circumpolar Current. The ACC flows clockwise from the west to the east. It's considered the most powerful current in the world to this day. It carries between 5.8 to 6.4 billion cubic feet of water every second. Since there's no land to block the current, and because of the way it flows, it prevents warm waters from reaching Antarctica. The ACC also brings cold water from the seabed of the ocean to the surface. That resulted in a drop of temperatures on the isolated continent. There's insufficient evidence to show a connection between the rise of ice glaciers in ancient Antarctica and the ACC. But climatologists believe that the current is 41 to 23 million years old. Towards the end of the Eocene and the beginning of the Oligocene period, global cooling started taking place. The temperatures dropped at high latitudes in both the Arctic Circle and Antarctica. The carbon dioxide levels in the Earth's atmosphere had dropped significantly. According to Professor Stephen Picard, approximately 55 million years ago, there were more than 1,000 parts per million of carbon dioxide in the Earth's atmosphere. During that time, the high temperatures on Earth melted all of its ice caps. That caused the sea levels to rise about 200 feet higher than they are today. Scientists were trying to figure out why our atmosphere went through such unpredictable fluctuations in CO2. Some theorists suggest that during certain periods, the tectonic plates moved and triggered carbonate-rich rocks and other remains to release carbon dioxide. This caused the air to heat up and the ice caps melted. But then the cycle continued. 34 million years ago, the levels dropped from 1,000 to 760 parts per million. 14 million years later, they dropped below 300 parts per million. The CO2 was absorbed through natural processes, which contributed to the global cooling effect. Over geological times, atmospheric pressures and carbon dioxide levels were linked. When the first one rises, the second one follows. The ice glaciers in Antarctica began to form from 36.5 million years ago and onward. They started spreading across the continent, and vegetation began to disappear. But here's what's interesting. According to a fossil study that examined plant samples from the area, scientists found that the variety of plants decreased by 47%. This started at the end of the Paleocene epoch, 58 million years back until the mid-Eocene period, 40 million years ago. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Tropical plants were slowly replaced by temperate forests filled with southern beech trees. The later ones disappeared two and a half million years ago. Today, Antarctica is a deserted continent. The closest thing to flora there is, is moss, algae, and lichen. Well, Antarctica became an isolated landmass without much life. Australia and South America thrived. One thing the three had in common were the marsupials. In Australia, the marsupials multiplied. Some of them were kangaroos, the now-extinct thalassine, and wallabies. Fossil records show that kangaroos date 20 million years back, 
But they weren't hopping at first, they just clung to tree branches. New DNA evidence shows that the oldest marsupial lived in South America 70 to 80 million years ago. It's believed that they migrated from South America all the way to Antarctica and crossed over to Australia while they were still connected. That's how similarities in species exist in both continents. But of course, they evolved differently in their new habitats.